0: Hello and welcome to For All Mum Kind, the podcast. A podcast by mums, for mums. My name is Pamela and in each episode I sit down and chat with a mum about motherhood. The ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is Ireland's top weeding and feeding expert and the founder of Mummy Cooks. She's a mum to two girls, Ashley and Jessica. It's Siobhan Berry. Hi. Welcome Siobhan, how are you doing? <laughs> Delighted to be here. Thank you. Um, Siobhan, you've had almost like two different, completely different careers. Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) And there's like, for me, I can't really see a massive link together. I could be wrong. So you were previously working in asset management, managing like two billion worth of funds. Yes. And then you created Mummy Cooks. Yeah. So how, where did, I suppose, did Mummy Cooks come from when you were off on a kind of financial run with your career?
1: Yeah. So actually, there is a huge uh, correlation between the two. I run a business essentially I, like a lot of people think that I'm in the kitchen all day cooking or teaching mums how to cook. I, it's actually a very small amount of the week the rest of it I'm running a business running uh, you know making sure I have enough stock, making sure I have the right staff it's essentially a business so that's that's really the difference. So my background will be commerce accountancy. Yeah. Um and then I went into stockbroking and then asset management. And I loved it. I really did love it. But I, I didn't like uh sitting at a ta- at a desk every day. And my um my family have um you know, they're entrepreneurs, we have our own uh stone business. So I grew up all around, you know, um my dad as an entrepreneur and I, I, while I didn't think I'd ever go into that business because it seemed very male oriented and there was yeah. never really an opportunity to yeah. go in I kind of always kind of think you know could I do something myself and then when you're in um, you know stockbroking and asset management you are not thinking creatively you're thinking oh my god like um, I could never I could never make up a, a business out of what I'm doing right now. So when I um, went to maternity leave, oh, my my literally thoughts were going like, what could I do? What could I do? Um so I, you know, I was everything was going great with with Ashley was my first. And I loved I did like breastfeeding, but I found it, it challenging mm-hmm. um, when she latched on. um Oh, when she eventually latched on, she'd just cry. Um, and then, you know, eventually get back on. And I just, it str- I struggled with it. So I was really looking forward to the weaning, actually. <laughs> I really was. So I was thinking, oh my God, this is a great. So I read every book. And um, I literally threw away the books because they were like, they had these crazy schedules in it. Like it yeah. was like, you had to make about 10 million different purees. I was going, how am I actually going to do that? And then how am I going to what shall I do next week? You know, and there were, yeah, there weren't batch cooking as well. So, you know, I was kind of like this, there's something in this, this isn't right at all. And then I was going um, to baby cinema, I was going to baby massage. I was thinking, like, there's no, nothing to do with food here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the reel was turning and I was going, oh my God, I have to go back to work now soon. And, um, Lucky enough, uh, well, not really. It was two thousand and eight when the the big recession hit, and uh, I got offered redundancy. Um, and I I had sort of thought about my own cooks, but I, I didn't have a I didn't have a plan or I didn't have anything, so I I took the redundancy, and um, because it was it was nice at the time, and I thought you know I could just I could just go into something else. Yeah. Um. So I did that, and then I had my second daughter, and um. I guess when, whenever I kind of said what I was thinking about doing and there was a mail in the, in the, they would go, oh, you're mad. You know, you're an asset manager. What are you doing? Yeah. So I kind of was like, oh. Stay in that box. Yeah. Like, oh, you're probably right. I won't make any money out of that. Yeah. And there was this thing um, with the local enterprise board and they were doing, um, it was kind of like a, a think tank of, of women together about what business you would do. And I went into a room. I remember it was in, t- in town. went into the room and there was about six people around a table. And I was really nervous about telling them what I was going to do. And I said, I'm thinking about starting a business that helps mums feed their baby. And every single one of them were like, oh my God, when are you starting it? I want it now. And it was from that moment that I, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be something because... There are people who want this. Yeah. Um, whether I make money out of it and whether it's a success, I don't know. So I went home and I uh, wrote a business plan. And uh, my brother, who has an MBA from Berkeley and he's very, you know, he's an entrepreneur himself. And I said, here's my business plan. And I remember I never, never forget him ringing me and saying, Ugh, no, no. There's no, you're not you're not going to make any money uh, it do, just there's nothing there Yeah. and I cried and I remember saying to my husband like I just really want to do this and he said do it and make it work so I ignored his advice totally ignored it <laughs> um, And uh, I said, you know, sometimes like yourself, you have to kind of start something to see where it'll go. Yeah. So, and I was, I had taken the redundancy, so I didn't, I didn't have that thing where I had to give up a job. Yeah. So I kind of had the security of that, Uh, but there was, there was a kind of a, a limit to how long I could probably do this. Yeah. Exactly. So my sister is a pediatric occupational therapist, so she would be dealing with children with. you know, maybe uh, sensory disorders, or um, you know, pe- sometimes where children were can't can't eat, or they have a physical element to to it. So there's always solutions to feeding children. So when you have like a pickier or a fuss eater, and um, there are solutions, and we, I would discuss it with her, and like say, actually, there's a way of preventing all this, and that's from the weaning stages. So. With the help of her, I kind of came up with what that course would look like. And then I was really into cooking and I was really into making recipes and kind of combined the two and had my first kind of class in my house um, and, uh, you know, did my reading class. And it was a real, real success because everyone came back saying, oh my God, I now feel like I can prepare the food for the baby. And I feel like, you know, I'm not going to kill the baby or I'm not going to you know, starve them or anything. So... That's kind of where it began, and it all of a sudden after you know a couple of months of doing that, and you know I did a lot of work on Facebook would have been the big thing at the time, so I would have popped my recipes up there and started getting a huge following from that. Um, I remember standing outside McCabe's um pharmacy. They they used to let me go in in Dundrum and stand and give out flyers and. I'd give advice about what products to use. Yeah, that was really successful. <laughs> Even though I was doing it for free, just to advertise Mummy Cooks. Yeah, and and then and then from there, then I started getting asked by Mummy Pages to write for them, uh, or Orty Food, uh, to to getting onto television. So it just it, it completely grew like from there. Um, while I was actually doing the the classes. Um, there was a lady up in Cabin who sold little pots called Baby Pots. So I thought that was the best product in the world, actually, because I had used it for my daughter. Yeah. And um, she started letting me sell them at class. So I was like, oh, my God, there's something in this where you can actually sell something to a a product as well to back up your advice. There's something there. So uh, she sold the business to me, actually. And that was the best thing I ever did, because it suddenly i, I went from a service to uh, a product um and I was already in store yeah so i I um was already in the pharmacies i she had started to go on to Amazon and would have been in a lot of the um she was online and then she would have been in a lot of the nursery stores. So for me, that was like the best thing I've ever done, actually, (laughs) because it just catapulted me forward onto that. And then from there, it was just up to me to grow it.
0: And at what point? So when you bought the pots? Yeah. Was your book out by then? or did No. It, okay, so you, you the book hasn't come yet? No. Okay.
1: No, I, I literally, it was mummy cooks yeah. and baby pots. Yeah. I
0: bought... And you working out of your home it, at that point, just teaching people. Yeah, I had
1: a girl packing pots in the attic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know what a really, your story really reminds me of? And yeah. I don't know if you've ever read Mary Berry's autobiography. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because again, her, yeah. her dad um, was a quite a successful businessman um he was kind of into
1: we are actually related then. yeah oh yeah,
0: <laughs> my god the surnames i didn't even make that yeah. connection um her dad was like a town planner kind of manager yeah and was into protecting the the architecture of bath and she had a lot of brothers and she was kind of she like the youngest and she had um polio as a young girl and right. she she wasn't really into school but loved cooking okay and Eventually, she worked away into kind of realizing, actually, I'm quite good at this. Yeah. And then got a bit did training in it, but started from her own kitchen. Okay. Um, teaching people. Yeah. And then she started teaching people how to work with the aga. Yeah. Um, when that was first there, and actually working with like tin foil and cling film. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, it's it's just your stories are kind of yeah. They just have a very similar yeah starting off from home, I suppose, and just teaching people oh, very
1: much like yeah. yeah very much like they were they came into my home I used to do like a four week course and then I'd do a refresher course. But but it it, it's a very hard way of of making money is, you know, when you're you're reliant on on customers coming in the door and then you know, so I knew I had to I knew this couldn't be sustainable unless I franchised it or something like that. But but you know, buying the, the pots and having that and kind of you know, because I would have never had a product. I have never sourced a product. I would never have done anything like that. So that kind of really helped. And I, I loved that part of it. I have to say, like, I'm not a teacher, naturally a teacher. And I don't, it's not what I really what I love to do. I do love it when I'm in there and I yeah. love them teaching. But I, I don't, it, you know, if you said to me I had to do it every day, I'd say, no, I'll, I'll do a different <laughs> job. I love being I love a business. Yeah. And part of the business then would be, you know, sourcing the product, uh, doing the financials of the product and managing the whole whole thing as well, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, so I um I had the I had the pots first and then um you know started to grow start start trying to grow that. While I was kind of uh, you know, looking at the products as well, I you know, mums had all always, always said to me, Oh, I'm I'm out and about and I can't keep the food warm. Yeah. So that was where the flask came out of um I knew that was going to be such a success and it has been actually it's kind of been it's what it has done is you know we would meet mums at the weaning stage and then right through to go, school going child yeah um and that's their product you know or it's for the mums the small child as well if you can put the pots into it yeah but um that was that was great as well so then um like the book is two years is only two years ago actually. Okay. Yeah. So I what happened there was um, So it was
0: quite new actually, so when we had it.
1: Yeah. Okay. It was probably brand yeah. 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 What happened was I was I was doing like I was doing lots of blogging and doing lots of advice and all that. And every time I do a class, people be like, Where's your book? And I, I I honestly was saying, Are you mad? It's on the it's on the website. <laughs> How would you need a book? Yeah, and um, I really discounted. I I didn't think it was. I thought books were on the way out, to be honest. Um, and I was like, no, it's grand. And then somebody else did come out with a book, and I was like, oh god, I, I should have been there first, really. Yeah. So, I what I did was, I I did it in six months. Actually, I I I, I put all of my work together, and obviously we had to reshoot a fair bit um, and then put the book together and oh my goodness editing that book was, was a slight nightmare <laughs> but like we learned from it yeah. we did everything backwards um, but did it all in house again what I loved to do, I loved sourcing the you know the paper the you know how to how to bind it all those things I had to look into myself because I, I self-publish so I had to do okay. it all myself um, and then we teamed up with um, the National Maternity Hospital, which was great as well. Um, so 10% of the book proceeds yeah. go to the National Maternity Hospital. So that was really good as well. And then we just, um, we had a big launch for it. And it's still such a, a success, actually. It's but it's
0: it's such a lovely, um, like, I, I was dreading meaning. Yeah. I really felt that I just figured everything out. Um, feeding, uh, we did combination feeding support and we were to go and really everything was going well. We just got into swing of it, and then it was like, Right, you've got the hang of that yeah. now, you have to do this. And I it was know. like, Whoa! And my fear was, I couldn't get my head around do I drop bottles, do I keep bottles, do I add like, wh- where does where do you start adding these meals? When yeah, is that yeah. how do you introduce the food without interrupting her from you know taking her full bottle yeah, still? Yeah. And I just found your book answered everything. I, I every question and doubt I had, it was in the book. And it was there was, it was just. It's funny thing you you kind of you are saying you did you did it really fast in six months because but from my point of view done, yeah see. and it and was when, so well taught out. I, know, and I, know, was, I, I appreciate sense. you saying
1: that. I answered everything. We see if you think about it, I had been teaching mums yeah for like four years before that. And I, I'm, I tell you, every time I go into a class with mums and, and dads, actually now, I'm getting a lot more dads, which is great, um, mums and dads in the class, I get the exact same yeah. questions. I honestly do. I, I don't think I ever get a different question. Yeah. I really don't. So it's like, it's just putting it into a book. Um, and I'm even more excited because I'm actually revising that book and it'll be a new book in October. Oh,
0: brilliant. Um,
1: because... Again, I've done even more work on that because we... So, for instance, you know, I did start with the classes um, and the classes have always been really important to me and I've always maintained them, making sure I I, I have those classes so that I have that connection with the mums. Because um, you can lose that very quickly if you're stuck back in the office, yeah. if you're not kind of doing events. Um, so I've made sure I do that. Because so, things change, like, you know... People started for a while there talking only about baby led weaning. Yeah. And I thought. God, the whole thing is going to change. But it didn't kind of come back. People calmed down about it and it's yeah. back to normal again. Um, but you have to be, you literally have to be out there to see what's going on. Yeah. What are people talking about? Um, so like that, uh, people would say, oh, I can't attend your class. I live in Sligo or I live live in Donegal. Um, so I, I've, I've recently just launched my academy, which is an online course. So again, that's that idea like the book, but you know, we were talking there about people reading a book, it's time consuming, yeah. and you know, you might not get out to read all of it, or you might not actually take in a lot of it because you're very tired, yeah, or so distracted, or <laughs> distracted. Yeah, I know I do as well sometimes read something, I'm like, Did I actually take any of that in? Yeah, um, so it's video based learning, and then with a live with me every week, so you know. I think and you know I spoke before about it, it's it, it, I think the way we learn is different and we don't have as much time and yeah you know can we be on a train listening to it can we you know um and also can dad do it as well yeah because sometimes um, and that's as I spoke there there's a lot of dads now coming to my class because mom has done the breastfeeding or. You know, yeah. you know, for the first couple of months, it's really tough on mom, and then some dads are the ch- cook in the house. Yeah, and they that's want our house. <laughs> they want to do the cooking. Yeah. So why can't dad? You know, you know, And, and then sometimes dad can't come to my class because it's in the middle of the day, whereas online learning he can do in his own time. Yeah. So I think things are changing, um, especially with paternity
0: leave and stuff yeah, like exactly. that. So, and yeah. the pots we bought the book and the pots together, and the pots are brilliant because like that. Because you're starting off you don't know to portion. Yeah. Yeah. What size are you, yeah. you know, are you hoping that the child yeah. can eat, you know, and, and what what are you aiming for? And um and even now even though she's a year and a half, we're still using the bigger yeah. pots. Yeah. Um just as, you know, if you're batch cooking, yeah. yeah. We're just popping things the into sauce, the freezer. Yeah. Um but it just it just made everything it took the unknown out of weaning. Yeah. You it brought gave you these are your pots, these are the yeah. ages. Um and the recipes and some of the recipes you're like, really? Yeah. You know, some of your puree blends. Yeah. And then you make it and you're like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. Um so yeah, I just found it just gave a practical solution yeah. to kind of an unknown good. that yeah. you're entering. Um
1: and it, it is that idea that mums want like a manual. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, any any little manual that they can get, they're delighted with. But you always kind of have to caveat that with the idea that, you know, I'm telling you what the portion size is for six month though, but your six month though, maybe. Like want more. Yeah. And that's okay, but there are ways I don't think you offer two dinners, you offer that and maybe some finger food or some alter something else. Yeah. Because for, it's all about variety. So while we want to stick to portion sizes, it's more about variety, I think, is, is more important.
0: Yeah. And you talked there a minute ago about um the baby led yes. kind of weaning. Yeah. And and then you've got, I suppose, what I would call the spoon feeding. Yeah, and it's again, it's another part of like parenting, where it's like one side is almost like pitted against the other side yeah. that one is better than another. And yeah, um, and I remember trying to make that decision. Going, Do, are we doing baby led weaning? Are we like what, mm. what? What? What if I spoon feed? Am I like awful are you going and to be terrible? And, yeah. yeah, and I, so I was very nervous around the whole idea of baby led weaning and the chunky food, and mm. I was like, oh, I'm not sure. And as we started feeding Alice, mm. you kind of, you know, there would be bits out of something left, you know, mm. or something from our own place, something small. And before you knew it, we were actually like that, giving her finger food and spoon yeah. feeding her. So they kind of, kind of, kind of go. We kind of did a bit of both, and I think that yeah. just comes, naturally, you know.
1: I, I, I just have, I really wish there was no such word as baby led weaning. Yeah, I really do because again, it puts this, this kind of. You know, onus on a mother to think. You know, do I need to do it in order for my baby not to be fussy? Yeah. So the way I, I always say is like, I do think that it's important to start before six months, and the reason for that, and a lot of there's a lot of scientific research around this, is that if you wait until six months, you've just got too much to do. You're going to have, like, and the child will not have ever had any anything other than milk past its mm-hmm. mouth. Uh, what about texture? What about hand-eye coordination? What about all of these things? And if you start just a little bit before six months and you kind of make sure it's a fine, thin, runny puree. Yeah. And then if you still want to do, uh, well, let's call it finger food, um, just finger food from six months, you can still do that. So what I say is, um, now you, you've you only one daughter. Yeah. So I have two children. And both of them fed completely different. Really. So you can't decide when they're in your womb or you can't decide before you start what way they're going to be. You don't know. So I I think it's let baby lead the way. And I prefer that word than baby led weaning. So let baby lead the way means you offer both puree and finger food. What will happen is either baby will... Put their hands out and let you feed them, or they put their hands forward and won't let you feed them. And if they're putting their hands forward and they won't let you feed them, they want to feed themselves, and okay. you let them. And if they put their hands out and they want you feed them, you do feed them, but you try and get them to do finger food because it is important as well. Yeah. Um. So it's a bit of both. And then what you will find is, uh, and I and I always say this is you do finger food from six months, but. I don't think a six-month-old is really going to grasp the concept until about seven and a half months anyway. Yeah. But you don't decide that they haven't, or you don't decide, oh, I tried it, they're not doing it. Yeah. You kind of gradually go to maybe one meal a day as finger food. And if they're much happier and better at that, go to two. And then you might eventually... You might actually be on three finger food meals by eight months, which is actually... Fantastic because you've almost got to one years of age where you know they're going to be feeding themselves. You yeah. want them to be feeding yourself. Yeah. So it's a bit. Of, I I just think. Yeah, I think that's a better. I think that's a better way. Yeah. And then you so you
0: th- can have kids who will or babies that'll actually go. Do you know what? No, I don't. I'm not into spoon feeding.
1: Absolutely, every child is is like. Ch- some children want control, like absolute yeah. all control, and some children don't don't want as much control. And that's what that is. Okay. It's not, it's like, I know you like, like what, what baby led weaning does is it gives baby control and baby then feels happier and then becomes a good eater. If you give baby puree, you're like, if you do it the way I suggest you do it, which is where you, um put food down on the table, in a bowl or on a plate or something, and you have most of the puree with you. And baby is touching, feeling the puree, bringing it up to their mouth, exploring it. But meanwhile, you're feeding them. They actually don't know you're feeding yeah. them. And you're not, you're not doing aeroplane. <laughs> you're yeah, not exactly. doing anything like that. Yeah. So they feel like they have control. So you've, you've actually achieved the exact same thing. And you will go on to having a really good eater. Yeah. So I, what I argue with is where people say, um, if you if you feed puree, you're going to have fussy eater. Well, you could have the same for finger food. You know, you, yeah. you can have fussy eater no matter what, but it's it's all about that control. So and if
0: like I'm I'm using Alice as an example now. Um, I would say she's a very good eater, Brilliant. she's very yeah. very much into. Should. She she'll try stuff she doesn't like yeah. it, she doesn't like it but she's very yeah. she does have a very diet you know good um you know she likes her avocado and broccoli and salmon and lasagnas Great. and was quite you know she's she's very good yeah and then you'd have someone say oh that's now she'll change how old is she so she's a year and a half yeah and you're kind of going God I hope she doesn't because
1: yeah. I hate when people say you things know, like yeah, that it's, like, it, you're it's almost go, like I, I often get a uh, I you know. Oh, Whittler teenager. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm
0: I kind of like, is she going to change or is yeah, that so, because of what? So OK,
1: so let me explain. So when, um, when a child is six months of age, they're least neophobic, which means they're least afraid of new things. And this is why I've asked you to maybe start a little bit before six months, because at six months, it can give them everything all colours of the rainbow, all textures and they'll accept it because they're not afraid of anything. And as they grow and as they um, come closer to a year and a half um, this is the most neophobic they will be. So it's a developmental stage where like food that they may have eaten before they may reject, they want to cut in a certain shape, they'll only eat nana's shepherd's pie, all of these things. But the way you deal with it is, is the outcome. So it's up to you as a parent to, to stare this and how you stare it is you don't offer alternatives. Yeah. Now, when I, when I say to somebody you don't offer alternatives, they think like, oh, I don't give them waffles instead. But yeah. actually alternatives can be in lots of different forms. So it could be to, to do with texture, could be to do with um, making it a different shape. So she'll only have it in a triangle. Um, You know, so you have to you have to just kind of um, stand your ground. And, uh, you know, while I while I do think that, you know, children are genuinely afraid of the food, you have to acknowledge that and never force. Mm -hmm. So what I always suggest is, you know, portion plates are really good. Yes, yes you're kind of breaking up the meal so that if there is something that's uncomfortable on that plate, it's not touching the comfortable. Because okay. if it touches the comfortable, they won't eat the comfortable. So we want to kind of separate. So that's why
0: people use those kind yes. of segmented plates. Okay.
1: Yeah, sometimes people think because it's cute for a yeah, child. Yeah, I just thought it
0: was the aesthetics of it.
1: <laughs> no, it. Okay. No, if you don't have to use it, don't. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it's Would that... Would you have
0: a fear then that in time they could become a child who's like, oh, I don't want anything touching.
1: No, no, no. Um, So basically, uh, whenever we try to get a a child that's fussy to eat um, new foods or to eat, you know, you always put comfortable with uncomfortable. Okay. But you never let them touch. Um, It's just, it's kind of like a... like they'll be totally comfortable with the two comfortable foods mm-hmm. to touch in but if that uncomfortable one okay. is is touching at all they will literally won't, will go off their whole meal now if that uncomfortable uh, on the plate is too uncomfortable and they're too anxious acknowledge and remove don't don't fight with them don't force them to leave it on the plate remove but remove it to a bowl beside them Okay. because if we, if we take it away and we go oh no I'm going to take the broccoli away because you don't like it and I'm not going to actually put any other vegetable back in his place he'll do it every time and um, you know he'll never get used to the broccoli so the broccoli then is placed beside the bowl beside the plate that they're eating and you praise, you tell them how amazing he is for having the broccoli beside him. And suddenly his kind of, you know, anxiety is, is and he's like, all oh, right, right, okay, I don't have to eat
0: it. And what would you, what would, as a mum, you know, and you're looking at, you've got yeah. the foods and, like what reaction is the baby having to that uncomfortable? That you kind of go, is it just not eating it or is it like... A baby fling? or a toddler or like... I suppose... it's just my head now I'm
1: talking about a toddler because a a baby is different a baby baby just pushes away don't want to. so a toddler
0: is sitting there on their high chair you've got your dinner in front of you so let's just say you've got peas, potatoes mashed potatoes, carrots and let's just say the peas are their uncomfortables what is the baby or the toddler doing to those peas that, that makes you go okay it's not it's not into this is it like
1: Oh, they flung it. They fling they're it off. It. Yeah, okay. They fling it off and they they cry and they 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 just they're like hysterical about this. it. I don't want to have this. Okay, it's it, it is hard with a toddler because they're they're not uh, you can't reason with them. No, <laughs> no. But I actually, in another really good way for fussy eaters is, um, and it's this going back to control. So if you say like, do you want peas? Pick two peas ca- between peas, carrots, and and broccoli. And They're like, oh, I, I I like peas, so that's my comfortable. Oh, carrots and broccoli, and then which is the least, you know, favor, and then they go for the carrots, and uh, so they've so they feel like they've controlled because they chose, yeah. so they eat it, and you praise them, and then the next day, it's not the peas because they know you know they'll go for that, so you go carrots, broccoli, and cauliflower. So okay, I'll go for the carrots because I'm not that scared of that, and I'll go for the broccoli because it's it's bloody less scary than the cauliflower. Yeah. And then you have two on there. So you're always working to broaden to, to, the... Yeah, to minimise. Yeah, and always putting comfortable with uncomfortable.
0: Okay. And then the... So we're talking now about the, the, the fossa eater. Yeah, yeah, we've went on uh, to. No, 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 but I, I'm, I'm really interested in it. Um, yeah. So what... When you say they're... Is it that they don't like the taste... Or, or is it they don't like taste texture they haven't touch.
1: it hasn't even got to the taste yeah, it's the look, it's the look, look it. of it it's always okay. about the look so you know, I always go mad at restaurants when they come out with the lovely child's food and there's garnish on top do you ever do that? that ever happened to you well no because your child's too small yeah but like even like a five year old and the garnish is all over the top of it and the child's like oh my god there's green yeah. stuff hanging out all the top of it <laughs> and th- what's happened there is like yeah like it's just parsley yeah and in your head, you're reasoning is just take the parsley off. off it. But the child's head, it's like, I've never in my life, you've never served to me a dish before with parsley on the top of it. And I'm so scared of it. So it's anxiety. I, I think you need to think, you know, you know, when you're really anxious. Yeah. You know when you're like, oh, my God, I'm so anxious. What do you feel? You don't feel hungry.
0: Yeah. You do
1: not feel hungry. You feel like you want to get out of this situation. And that's what a a child feels. Okay. So we have to, from the weaning stages, work on that all of the time and make sure the child doesn't get to a level of anxiety that they can't eat and won't eat. I remember my mum saying sometimes like, I just don't understand why the children aren't hungry and don't want it. It's just children are, you know, they're quite anxious around food. It's such a new, new. like
0: when you really think about it, like they are delving into this whole new colours and textures. Everything is different all the time for them. So that, you know, and, and it is important
1: to make it different every time for them. And that's why from the weaning stages, if we try to do that, yeah. in my book, I have like um, a seasonal calendar. And yes. I think it's really important to do that so that they at least taste all of the different fruits and vegetables throughout the year. So that let's let's fast forward to this idea that you were saying. What is it? So let's get past the sight of it. So they've got past the sight yeah. of it, and um, and then they um, you know you maybe get it back onto their plate, and then they put that bro- broccoli back in their mouths, and then they remember that taste from the weaning stages, and now we've literally broke down that barrier, and they're okay. going to eat broccoli from now on. But it was it's to get back to them to taste it. And to not be um, not not be afraid of it. I, I I've even my own kids. Like I've often got them to taste something, but I can see by their body language they're all tensed up eating it. And the first thing they'll say is I don't like it because that's their they know they're saying that before they even taste it. Yeah. And then I get them to taste it again, uh, you know, and and they're like, oh, actually, that's not too bad.
0: Um, and I'm I am I'm totally <laughs> blown away by the fact that the two girls were two different types of eaters. Yeah,
1: completely.
0: I just made, just again, not knowing any different, going, I just presumed every, It could have been
1: me. It could have been, and I do think this, I think you feed your first child differently than you do your second. So the first one, you're like reading books and you're, you know, you're making sure you do everything right. And then the second child, it was almost like, go on, feed yourself. I have to feed the the two-year-old. I have to make sure the two-year-old eats. It's a little bit like that, but my second daughter, um, Oh, she was just a fabulous eater. I loved feeding her. I really loved it, and she still is actually. Yeah. And she's. I think she'll be Miss Mummy Cooks in years to come. Like she's in the kitchen cooking so with she's, me. she's
0: she she was into exploring food she from the get go. She just get-go.
1: loves it, and I I I do sometimes. I do think it's that second time you'll you will literally nail it the second time. You know. Yeah. You know, first time. I didn't have all this advice when I was doing it the first time. Kind of was my own coming up with it myself. So, but but that said, like Ashley is a great eater. Um, uh, she's not hugely. She's not as adventurous as Jessica. Like if we were to go away, like she'd uh, wouldn't be as adventurous. But still, she's she's she is she loves her food. Yeah, she's a big swimmer. So um, she swims four times a week now. So. I'm feeding. Like, I was to say, she's like going to have an appetite. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> I'm like, here, No, that's your portion. It's like, I'm still hungry. <laughs> and um, for like the girls' age, so they're 11 and 8. Yeah. I always find, I suppose as well as you see it on, online, like the, the lunchbox.
1: Yes, yeah, so I wrote like, my second book yes. last year. So I, I wrote the first book and the the day that i i launched it um to my graphic the girl who helped me helped me with it i said i'm i'm doing another one now come on <laughs> and it uh, started literally started cuz i knew I, I was like there's there's so it's very like the first book because it's all about batch cooking and yeah. it's all about getting children to eat variety and giving them control it's all i it's so funny how it all translates all the way up so for instance uh, how do we offer a, um, a school going child control we let them pack their own lunch box because they're much more likely to eat it Okay. so I have um, first of all I need to teach my children what is a protein what is a carbohydrate and what is a fruit and vegetable and like they still get mixed up with what a protein is and a carb is they just don't get connect yeah. with that so what I do is I have big white boxes in the fridge and I put okay. the food into it so they just take it out and they have to take one from each and um, and if they're having a sandwich, then, you know, either where's the vegetable? Like, is it in the sandwich or is it uh, sticks of of, uh, of vegetables or, you know, where is it? Um, so I make up spreads like courgette pesto or hummus or, um, or sauces anyway. So they can spread it on the sandwich. Okay. So that becomes your vegetable in the sandwich. Yeah. So again, it's an alternative to a vegetable if they don't want that. Yeah. Um, and then I, um, and then variety is is just having lots of different things every week. I talk a lot about um, this thing called food jagging as well. So. Um, especially for older children. So if you if you were to give a child the same sandwich with cheese sandwich every day, yeah. they won't eat it after a while because it'll just be like, oh my God, if I ever see another cheese sandwich. It's the same with us. Like. Yeah. So there is a real thing called food jagging, which okay. is if you give the same food in the same form, um, over and over they, will foo- they will eventually food jag and they won't eat that for any again. This can happen a lot with sweet corn. People put sweet corn because they think, oh, it's vegetable. I'll throw it into every... So
0: they're actually boiling like the mini sweet well, corn and putting into the little You know, box, or, or, or like I
1: often get the tinned one. But oh, yeah. But, you know, putting it into every sandwich. Oh, yeah, OK. Everything they see, because yeah. that's <laughs> the easiest one to get into. And it's
0: sweet and yellow in it. Th- yeah, yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah, so, so that can kind of... Ha- you have to be really careful. OK. So you can give sweet corn, but you could have it in a muffin cooked and you could give it in a sandwich one day. Yeah. But anyway, it's just about... It's just about that variety thing. And then also looking at... Um, you know, uh, what do children like and mimic it then in the lunchbox. So I have dough balls in there, I have pancakes that have vegetables in it, I have waffles that have pa- uh, vegetables in it, I have Breads that have, you know, muffins. Um, oh yeah! I, again, going back to my batch cooking, I do marinara sauces, uh, loads of different types of sauces, freeze them. Then in the morning, make your make your um, pasta and put the sauce on it.
0: Okay, so yeah, that's so the way. You're at. Yeah, that's I how I do a lunch. The lunchtime, even for Alice, yeah, it's probably the one where you go... Oh, so for Alice, I think you, you know, should be a, doing
1: a second dinner. So dinner number one a, and dinner number
0: two. I totally hands up. I do not do any cooking. I am not the cook in the house. Um, and like when I am in yeah. d- at home on the weekends and the batch cooking has run out, it's like, oh God, Alice, I'm really sorry. Here's some avocado. <laughs> yeah. Um, ben is amazing. Do, he does you do all sauces, of it. sauces? Like those yeah.
1: marinara sauces or pestos freeze really well. Yeah. Um, because... Because like you're never going to run out of them. Now you put them in the small the little smaller pots because you, you're you just, would have your yeah. little pots from before. Um so I put them in the little three ounce pot, which is your 90 mil. Um, and then I uh, take it out the night before and then I just heat it up because it's just a very small amount to yeah. go. The other one, it's really easy as well. I, if I run out of a sauce, I do like a carbonara sauce, which is uh, one egg and the same amount of Parmesan cheese. And you mix it up. Cook your pasta, throw out the water, and then throw that in and stir and, it yeah. until it, the, it's not liquidy. Yeah. And pop that into That's so simple with some peas as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's just we, the breakfast, we're all at home, it's easy. Yeah. Dinner, uh, and this is actually a question that Ben asked me to ask you. Yeah. Was, look, the ideal scenario, for all families is that everyone's at home at the same time having the dinner
1: it's ideal yeah. that's the
0: ideal (laughs) scenario it's not always possible exactly so generally you know I'm using Alice as our example because that's what we know she eats about half four that's her dinner half four five depending on the nap and all of that Um, we don't get home until best case scenario six okay so so she, when do you eat then? So then we we eat when we, when myself and Ben will eat when we get home after work. Alice eats in my mum and dad's house. So, sorry, d- is it six o'clock that you eat at? Or is it half six? It would be more half six. Okay. So then she eats her dinner at about half four or five in my mum and dad's house. Now generally, by the time we eat, she's eating yeah. pretty much whatever we have. She gets a bit so of that. So she eats
1: that as well? Yeah. Yeah. Out it, of I was just going to say yeah. that,
0: that's what you should do then you kind of, but is that, that is, that's how we that's how we do it. Obviously, it's sometimes I feel like she's how having many? a second
1: dinner. But No, so so tell me again. So she has a breakfast.
0: She'll have her breakfast, which will be, you know, like a, depending on the day, it could be eggs, it could be Weetabix or a, a kind of like a muesli. And or, is there fruit there? Yeah, no, yeah, she's not the best. I'm not, she's not that into just fruit. Just
1: try to have the fruit in, the, in morning the morning there. Okay. Just to have the vitamin C there. And especially if you're having a protein, because it helps absorb uh, the iron. Okay. And especially if it's it's a non-plant base as well. So we want just in. Could you have a smoothie? We've
0: started her actually in smoothies. Yeah. Yeah, Just to
1: just be careful of. I always think that people over. Overeat when they have smoothies because if you can imagine, like it's you're after giving like two apples and a banana <laughs> to a small child. So we, it's, yeah, just we've done. A small the, amount.
0: I don't know if you know. Do you know the Cogni Kids little yeah. open cup? Okay. So she that she gets a little portion of that now. Okay, perfect. However much she gets, that's into your herself vitamin C. That, yeah, then. that she takes. So in. then,
1: then at about um, half, 10-11 does she get a snack? She
0: get like a, like the the veggie muffins.
1: Okay, or Brilliant. that kind of
0: a. Yeah. And then um, at one o'clock does yeah. she get... she'll have her lunch. L- and what's that? It can be anything. Sometimes it's like that. It's a mini dinner um, or... But I'm thinking now because you're given a dinner at four and another dinner. Kind of,
1: yeah. Could you make that more of a snack? It probably already is. The is lunchtime it? one. Yeah.
0: It's probably her lightest meal. Perfect. Because yeah.
1: I think you're already, you're already given the two is,
0: dinners. Yeah, or else what'll happen is that could be her main yeah. meal. And then you it's kind of reflected... okay in the dinner you know she's not going to eat yeah so, so yeah, try and definitely
1: make the one at lunchtime more of a finger food okay. more of a you know obviously i always say like when you do give snacks as well that it's it's made up of protein a carb and a and a fruit or veg and it's visual that it looks like that okay. so you know it could be like a cracker with um uh with nut butter on it and a slice of apple
0: Sean, you're going to kill me what? <laughs> We've not introduced nuts at all. Oh, I wow. know. No, I know. But does and that not scare you then? Terrifies me. Will you need to address that so that you don't and have. And it's entirely that my fault. Because she could. Um, because Ben is all into doing it. Yeah. And I say to him, you can do it, no problem, when yeah. I'm not here. So so
1: the, what they say is, has she, she's had eggs? Yeah. Okay, so she's had no reaction
0: to None eggs? None at all, no.
1: Therefore, she's highly unlikely. Oh, I
0: know. I know. right? And I, I actually... Could you please do it? I know. Because
1: she's going to be in a situation where you go out and there's sa- chicken satay yeah. or something and she could, you know, you don't want to be on holidays. No, you don't want and to having be anywhere. a reaction. I know. So the best way to introduce a nut, a but, like a nut butter, or you can have it in a puree or in a food or anything like that, um, is in the morning time. So you've got the whole day to watch yeah. for the reaction. Which is in and your that book? You're around. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I followed all that for everything. I was like, with, with eggs. You just, I, don't know I just why think if we I've don't
1: do things, then we have it at the back of their mind. You can you can even tell now you're yeah, nervous. Yeah, no, about I
0: it. I I know what it is. I think and look, it could be. She's probably actually already had it. I'd she say, probably has. She probably has. But it's just because uh, because nut butter is a really
1: lovely, I uh, nutritious and I love um, it myself. spread. For, for and I
0: think I suppose my daughter Alice and Joe Wicks's daughter yeah. are yes, very similar age. Yeah.
1: And
0: so he's a cash. She's a cashew nut yes. butter. Yeah. So, but she's
1: not allergic to any other ones. Yeah.
0: So I suppose I was watching their weaning journey, and he's really brave with her. Yeah. Um. It actually, I I love that he. Showed
1: all that actually. Oh, so it was brilliant. Yeah,
0: it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and as that happened, I went, "Oh my god!" And yeah. that put the fear in me. And I was like, "Yeah, what? If, what if she's alert?" And then I just couldn't. I was yeah. like, "Oh." So I say, "Anytime, Ben, go. We have to do this." I'm like, "No problem. Yeah, I'm not here during the day. Go for it. Yeah." Um. I will promise you I will I will do it. I'll have it done by the end yeah. of February. I'll have introduced each one of them. Just, uh, just I know. try and it. And it'll make yeah. my life easier oh because my gosh, I, like, they're full of protein. They're you're all not good. telling every time
1: one do you have, like don't give them nuts, like, you know. No, yeah. so she probably has come across
0: it. Um, you don't want her to develop an allergy to I know, to it, and that is that's the, the other side of it as yeah. well. And that was, this was um, the question I had here was that with weaning, you know, you you have certain food categories that you're like they're safe, you know, like yeah. your fruit and your veggies, and you know then you um, you know, like the eggs or cheeses and you know mm-hmm. anything like that, mm-hmm. and you see so you're eliminating them. So yeah, our last, I wanna like our yeah. la- I was like I oh, know she's gonna find this out. <laughs> our last Crocs is this nuts.
1: So I'm on actually one of and I don't know why I've why yeah it's, it's, it's just it's, some it's obviously you are probably like scared yeah. so much.
0: That now I just I'm like, oh I'm just gonna ignore
1: it. Yeah. You're gonna do it, I'm gonna make you do it. <laughs> we actually as part of the academy, I I um because that would be the question, be like, when do I introduce this and yeah. when do that? So what I did was um a schedule, like a two-week schedule of introducing all the different allergens and how you do it. Um and that was like by far the the most favourite thing. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. We're like, because you see, there is there is a thing about like so if you're introducing egg. You have to introduce. You should introduce before the nuts, because again, if they were, li- if they're likely to have a nut allergy, they'll have an allergy to the egg as well. And then you have to have it fully cooked. Yeah. And then you have to give not all of the egg in the first day. You have to give like one whole egg, spaced out through the week. So There's loads of things beside it, like and the then things. and then you have your dairy, and then you have your gluten. Yeah. Um. So all of that is kind of big part of of uh, of the academy. Yeah. That that's good. People love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. I don't know. It's funny. It's it's. It,
1: you know? I think the next time you're weaning, you won't be as scared by it, totally. and you'll 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 do it. And, and I we'll suppose as well, it. it's
0: down to, um, even the gagging versus choking. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I I can see, my parents still. She'll cough. She'll cough out of get, looking for a reaction, and they're like, "Is she okay? Oh my God. Yeah. Did you give her yeah. something too big?" Call the ambulance. Like, I'm like, the fact that she's coughing, yeah. she's fine, and yeah. she's you know, it's one. She generally does it because she's she's trying to be funny. Yeah. Um. And but now yeah. So you kind of you have those fears, especially. Um. I suppose I had a few friends who who only did yeah. you know the the what the hand feeding is that finger what it was? food finger food yeah yeah and they had awful issues around actual choking.
1: Um, How did they do that then? My goodness. I don't know.
0: I I, I, I couldn't cope Cause with actually, the stress so, of it. So again,
1: like if you're if you're anyway anxious, it'll show on your face yeah. and your child reads your face. It just reads your body language. Yeah. So they'll become tense. And then mealtime is going to become tense. Awful, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no like i mean this it doesn't have to be just finger food there'll be anxiety seriously anxiety around everything it's funny I won't, the first thing i say to the the mums and the dads now who come into my class is that um you know you know it's look at the first year it's really about learning how to feed and you know you just just try and enjoy it and if they don't eat the food just Go on to the next meal. What we have certainly, as as a mom, is that we have this um, we have this thing where we need to keep our child alive. Yeah. And that's actually what we're thinking about yeah. when we're forcing them, when we're giving them alternatives, or when when we're freaking out when they're coughing <laughs> and, and gagging. That's actually what we're thinking about. Yeah. We're actually thinking about them dying. Yeah. We're not. That, and that's. I think that's every every mom goes through that. So I often say let dad feed the child. Because sometimes dad is... They're far more
0: relaxed, aren't they? They're much more relaxed. Way more relaxed.
1: Look, I have, I I remember had this lady and she was so stressed. The poor woman. She was having an awful time. And I said, is your husband by any chance like anyway, you know, stressed and goes, oh no, he'd be brilliant. I said, will you please never feed that child again? And let him feed. And it worked amazingly. She she cooked the food and then the dad came in and it was his time to bond as well. Yeah. So sometimes I think, you know, we need to get over this. The child, as long as they have um, enough milk, they'll be perfect.
0: Yeah. And just remember that. And what do you do if a child just... Again, like it, it tapping into what you're saying there. Like yeah. it, as a mum, you're like, oh, God, you must have a lunch because you know, you must be hungry. I know. If they're just going, do you know why I'm actually not hungry? So, are so like the up and down in growth spurts yeah. as well. Like, yeah. So, a, a, um,
1: a smaller child has, is much better at regulating um, their, their, you know, if they're hungry or not than we are actually. Yeah. So, we'll eat when we're supposed to eat. Yeah. But On they're, schedule. They're much better at it. And they'll know when they're full. And then they're not full. So you kind of have to read those cues as well. And, and it's be, be careful not to kind of, you know, alter that for them by overfeeding them or, yeah. or even underfeeding. Um, so, yeah. So, no, it's important to kind of read their cues. And, and you know, for various different reasons, they're not going to want their food. And sometimes it's teething.
0: Yeah. So I, like That's I had... That's something we've actually picked up on. Only, I suppose, now that Alice and is getting... And she could still be teething. Oh, she absolutely is. Yeah. yeah now that she's getting the really big teeth, the days we, where she's off her food, you, I actually am now looking into the mouth going, are you, is there something going on oh. in here? And then you go, yeah, look look at the monster of a yeah. tooth that's trying to break. I was like, would yeah. I want to eat if I had that going on my mouth? So no. So
1: they, they say, like, I had a... Um, one of our experts is a paediatric um, dentist... And she's she like she was just discussing about that the sore gums and, you know, what actually is going on. And her recommendation is that you do give the cowpaw a half yeah. an hour before. Because they are distressed. Yeah. They do have a sore mouth and they just don't want to eat, you know. Yeah. So um, I would be advising that as well. However, like you have to be careful, obviously. You're not going to be giving cowpaw yeah. all day or and for th- too long. We or would,
0: like even actually last night in particular, um, oh her hand was in her mouth so much and I was like there has to be something going on so I took a little look in and I saw one of this little tooth was r- so close to the gum yeah. I was like yeah look Um. so we gave her Calpol going to bed yeah. um, but we would admit to each other we definitely do not give her probably the amount of Calpol she probably would and need for tea I and we, I don't know why we don't it's, it's almost we, like you have this guilt yeah. of oh am I like compensating by giving her Calpol, or some I don't know what it is we yeah. just don't um, she gets teed and stuff and obviously she was very bad she doesn't tend to get very bad but if I do see such strong cues mm. as that she doesn't tend to get the red cheeks so it's not yeah. always a giveaway yeah. um, so it's the hand to the mouth and then it kind of you don't of want go. to
1: overuse it as well but I think that you know you don't know what she's feeling exactly. so sometimes we probably do under 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 describe yeah, subscribe. yeah. The, you know I I would have always, you know, people would ask, what do I give as a teething food? Yeah. And... I I must say, I would have said, you know, like a cold ice lolly and everything. But having spoken to my (laughs) um, paediatric dentist, it's not a good idea. Okay. Because you're leaving food on the teeth or you're putting food on the teeth for a long time. Okay. Um, So she would recommend like a a muslin that you might have put in the freezer and then they're just gnawing down on that or a teething toy or something. But actually, so we can only withstand... um, like uh six different, you know acid attacks on our teeth, so, you know, and we're all already eating, um what are we eating three dinners and two snacks, and probably you know we've milk feeds in there as well, yeah, so if we're starting to put in food as a a you know to soothe teeth teething, that's another acid attack, and we have to be very careful, so um the recommendation now is, yeah, teething toys or. Or um, or even the, you know, those things that you can rub on their teeth or yeah. whatever as, as a as soothing. Okay. I know. It is <laughs> it is a mind field. <laughs>
0: and uh, I suppose the thing we would often, you know, amongst the mums in the group, we'd kind of say, oh, we manage what they eat and we know they're eating well and rounded and healthy. And then they go to Nana and Grandad's house mm. and there's biscuits and ice cream and treats mm. What's the, I suppose, what do you do in relation to one, letting them have treats, Mm. but also like in what, in what, how much of a good thing before you kind of go in, this is too much.
1: So the problem now is that grandparents are actually minding the child. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that becomes different. Like it's different when... When they don't see the grandparents from week to week, or and it's just on occasion, and it is nice for them to, to spoil the child. Yeah. But what happens when they're the they're when they're actually minding? I think they have to be on board. Yeah. I, like, for for instance, in my house, there are no sweet treats throughout the week. Absolutely none. I would never buy any and have any in the presses anyway. Yeah. Um. And then at weekends, we're allowed to have sweet treats. What I find then is that you know if you don't have sugar in your system you don't crave it totally and actually for years they, they're they're a bit different now because they're a bit older but they used used not ever ask for it because they're they're um they're um you know it's not they just forgot yeah uh, but now now it's nice i i would often my my kids favorite thing to do is to go to a coffee shop actually which is funny they love time with me and chatting. They might have like, they love uh, pink tea. We have we go to this pink tea shop where we get a pot of pink tea, just like a, a herbal tea. <laughs> and then they have like um, a brownie or something. Yeah, That's their most favourite thing to do. Um, So if it like, you know, things happen in the summer, you know you're away in the summer and it's like every day. What <laughs> I do actually in those cases is one day I might have like crisps or, or popcorn and then the next day Maybe it's more sugar. Mm -hmm. And then the next day back to, you know, so it's not every day. Sugar, sugar, sugar. Yeah. Because I think it does change their their personality. Yeah. Like it really does. What I find actually the worst thing is is, um, drinks. So if it's like, um, I don't want to name names. You know, those ones that have, uh, you know, they'll say no sugar and they have aspartame in it. So what I found was um, my kids were going to parties and they were drinking these these drinks with aspartame in them, which I think is far worse than sugar, and um, it's like a diuretic. So she was literally going to the toilet. Ashley would go to the toilet every five minutes, like it was something was wrong that her body was changing. Yeah, and she still it still affects her like that. So I would I would literally go and look at the back of it, and if it has and most kids. Things marketed to children yeah. has aspartame in it, yeah. and it's it's illegal. Like you can't have it in Australia. Like this, it's like why why would we be allowed to have this yeah. additive here? Um, so sometimes it's like yeah, if you're having a, if you're having a sugary drink, have a sugary drink. Yeah. Don't have one that says it doesn't have, have any it. sugar, and yeah. then they have aspartame in it. You know. Um, so yeah, for me, um, for me, I like I often talk about an eighty twenty rule. you know so that's the way it is with sugar I'm not a a Nazi like on on sugar either like there's definitely um, times when we have it Um, but yeah I I do get a lot of stick from my children that uh, the the lunchbox is way too healthy
0: (laughs) but as well schools are kind of promoting that (laughs) yeah I know but not enough actually really no because they don't check the lunchbox they don't have time the only thing I've heard feedback wise from other mums is that kids actually don't get time to eat the lunch Yeah
1: so I did a whole thing on this um, you know the back to school yeah. campaign so um, when when you're talking about um, you know when Alice is starting you know junior school if you can imagine like they've been at crash or they've been with a minder and they've had all day teeth or yeah. dinner and it's a dinner actually and it's handed to them. They haven't had to open a flask and they haven't had to open anything. Um, so what happens to a poor little uh, junior infant is they're like what and they're, somebody's telling them actually usually a sixth class uh, student is telling them because the teacher's gone to her break.
0: True. Um,
1: yeah. She's got. They've got ten minutes. Yeah. So they're chatting. And then they're uh, and five minutes has gone, and they haven't been able to open the lunch box. Yeah. And then they might even ask the sixth class student to help them open lunchbox, they do, and they look inside and there's some crackers and there's some awful looking sandwiches. So they go for the crackers. And then then the bell rings and they're outside. Yeah. And then you're horrified when you come home and it's like, you've just eaten the three crackers I've given you. You didn't eat any of the fruit and you didn't eat any of the sandwich. And her, her response will be, I didn't get enough time. And it is accurate. But we need, to te- we need to give them uh, the this tools the to skills be able in to. Advance, yeah. So I would often say like in, in you know, if your child is starting in in next September, start now and start um, having little picnics and how do we open our lunch and how, oh, here's 20, I'm going to show you what 10 minutes looks like and how do you get through it and what should you eat first? Yeah. And it's just important, like if you were to hand a child um, a plate and then dessert, like you've obviously tell them you have to eat the dinner first and then we'll have dessert because that's the order, yeah. So you kind of you do the same with the lunchbox as well, and kind of uh, teach them. Um But yeah, I, I I have this thing. I don't have to do it anymore, thankfully. But it's called uh, a second chance. So when the child does come home and the sandwiches are still in the in the lunchbox, they get a second chance. Okay. And what happens then is, um, and you say it like that. It's not forcing. It's not. you're yeah. Unless you do, unless you eat that, you're not going outside. Kind of thing. Um. What I would say is that if you don't, you know, you do need to eat that and then you get your snack. Otherwise, you can't have the snack. Yeah. Um. And what that does is, you see, if a child goes to school, doesn't eat it, comes home, gets what they want. That's an alternative. Yeah. So unless they're eating what you gave them. Yeah. And it was what, what they... Would eat now if you're putting scary things in a lunchbox in the hope that they might eat it, it, that's another thing. Yeah, if you're overfilling a lunchbox in the hope that they'll eat something, that's another thing. Yeah, so you have to be really careful, do never overload, uh, um, offer what they should get Mm -hmm. and offer what they more more or less would eat as well. Yeah, you know, so it's all psychology around that as well. (laughs) It's
0: fascinating, I I feel like I have learned so much. Stuff that I haven't even considered, that's clearly down the road facing yeah. us, and stuff that I'm avoiding that I should be currently <laughs> we'll facing. Come back to me for the lunch. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Siobhan, it's that time in the episode? We have to wrap it up. Oh, wow. um, now that you are like an absolute guru in feeding kids, what would you tell your pregnant self?
1: So I was, I was trying to, I was trying to uh, think of this and I was, because I, I kind of, I was never anxious or nervous, about it. but what I wouldn't do is I wouldn't, uh, you know, build a house when you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did for my second daughter. I didn't build it, we were renovating. Oh. It was so stressful. And I moved home. I'm from Boyle, County Roscommon. So I moved home and left my husband up here Um was really stressed, and then I I'm quite small, and I had a very small uh, bump, and had everybody telling me, oh, the baby's not growing. Oh God! So had that even that, and then they told me that the baby was small, and I thought, oh, this is because I'm stressed. And then, so yeah, so I guess I would tell my pregnant self not to renovate a house but everybody does it for some reason or re- or does their kitchen up
0: <laughs> it's kind of like that is it like almost like a nesting instinct is yourself totally. isn't
1: it it is i think i forced my husband to do it as well at that time so that it should be finished when jessica would arrive yeah. and then when i when there was kind of like oh my god i'm about to have her and it's not done i pan- i made him let me go back into the house and it wasn't ready <laughs> so
0: yeah <laughs> it's mad what we yeah, do yeah crazy <laughs> <laughs> um what is the one product you could not live without? Oh, this is so sad.
1: This is really, really sad. My freezer.
0: <laughs> G- Siobhan, it is absolutely oh not because my dilemma right now is we have a fridge freezer. Yeah. And the freezer is just not oh, big no, enough no. for the batch cooking. No, no, no!
1: You need a freezer. I'm telling
0: you, I know. I just need to find space.
1: So, I, so you know the way, like a wall is six hundred mils. Yeah. My my freezer was like seven or eight. Yeah, seven hundred mils. So I had to get them to extend the wall for it. Like they were looking at me. I was going, no, 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 no! I need this big freezer.
0: And what has been your magic moment?
1: I, I, I find it really hard to celebrate things. I, I, I know I do. And when you don't celebrate them, they go past. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I got to celebrate was the launch of my book. And I was really proud. I had all of my family. I had um, all of my team and then, you know, loads of other people at it. And I was just so proud. And I I kind of felt I stopped and kind of went, oh, my God, I've achieved something. So I need to do more of it. Yes. Um, but whenever I think of yeah, what was that moment, And it's it's definitely standing up there, giving a speech at my uh
0: Launch. Well, it's it's a credit to you and all the work that you've put in, because to me, it's it's one of those must-haves for parents. Um, Going to download the app to have, an, yeah, have a yeah. go of the academy Yeah. and see how that is. Um, but yeah, we reference it all the time and we go Brilliant. back to it. And yeah, I honestly Super. took the scary out of weaning for me. So Brilliant. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. Oh, oh, thank
1: you. <laughs> Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of For All Mumkind. If you've enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe. Or if you'd like to send me a message, please email forallmumkind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram. And see you in the next episode of the podcast.